The Mighty Whites podcast is recorded at the Medicine Room Studios. For more information, visit medicineroomstudios.com. All right. Well, episode 47 of the Mighty Whites podcast. I'm Jack, as always, joined by KC from Portland. Good morning. Well, it's currently Wednesday and I'm already shitting myself about Saturday. Uh, <laughs> I suppose we should get Ipswich out of the way first because like, I didn't particularly care about this game going in and I care even less now it's done. Um, well, that, that did seem to be the attitude of the players in this game as well. Let's just get this one out of the way with. Yeah, it, it was a bit shit, wasn't it, really? I mean, again, we... Stop if you've heard this before, but um, we dominated the game really in terms of possession and play and made some stupid defensive errors and managed to lose 3-2 to already bottom of the table, done, dusted Ipswich Town. It's very Leeds. It is very Leeds. We'll go for it. Did you actually get to see this, KC? Because it was a bit of a twat to get streams. Uh, no, I didn't watch this live on... Oh, it was also half four in the morning, wasn't it, for you? Yeah, it was a half four kickoff for me. I been out the night before with a couple of guys from work who had been drinking since one in the afternoon i got there at eight because it was the kentucky derby this weekend uh, last weekend as well in fairness so though that's that's only seven hours drinking which sounds like a lot but they are scottish right oh yeah so i i you know i met them at eight and we kept going until about one in the morning yeah so that's the equivalent of you drinking for about 45 minutes yeah yeah Got back at one, and then I have work again at like seven thirty in the morning, because some bastards decided that's a really good time to have a training session on a Sunday. I'm not resentful at all. Yeah. So, so no, I didn't see this one. No, uh, this game played a bit like a training session, to be honest. Uh, a lot of people were comparing it to looking like a preseason friendly, which I think was mm. fair. I, it was a real bastard to get streams. Luckily, um, I won't out them. Even though the advertising would be nice, but I can't out them. They're gay. There's a there's a pub right. near me where you can watch Leeds games, and we we watched. I, I managed to watch the game in there. It was very odd because there was no sound for the game. The sound was of the MotoGP race, <laughs> so it was a bit odd because you'd just go and it's like when that when ball got played over top for Ailing to run down the wing, and all you can hear is. Mm. <laughs> You know, I, I'm, last I checked, he wasn't that quick. God, Stuart Dallas. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, um, Leeds kind of had all, all the play, but it wasn't much of a game. And then first goal, uh, the first of the mental moments for Kiko Casilla comes, I mean, Colin Kwaner's forced wide. He hasn't really got anywhere to go. Jansen's covering quite well. And Casilla runs out 30 yards and comes flying out with a slide tackle. Quenna knocks it past him, he goes down. Now, he never actually touches him, but it's still always going to be a free kick every time. And then three kicks swung in. Yeah. Terrible clearance, Flynn Downs unmarked, 1-0. I believe that was that was the moment when, um, as a coach, you, you'd just be screaming the word, Get it out! And we didn't. In fairness, you, you say that to... Plenty of the kids that you're coaching, but you mean something else. No, I'm telling them to get out of my room. Because you're done with them. Yeah. <laughs> they're, they're all... They're, expe they're expendable. This coaching malarkey. It's just, it's just a... Anyway, let's move on from this. <laughs> <laughs> While I still have a visa. Yeah. Um, 
two it, background checks, guys. One in the UK, one in the US. We're all good. <laughs> in fairness, Leeds' equaliser was a pretty good goal. A uh, good ball over the top from Farshaw for Ailing, who got in doubt like quite a lot. He was, up until stoppage time, he was probably his best player. Um, good cross for Click. Good, well-struck finish from Click, the sort you expect from him arriving late in box. Yeah, perfect. Perfect. Just runs onto it, side foot first time. It's it's the sort of goal he was scoring quite a few of at the start of the season. Yeah, um, so went in at half-time, 1-1, thinking it'd be all right. And then right at the start of the second half, Ipswich. Now, we we didn't defend this well, but Ipswich, this must be their goal at the season. Like, it, it just must be. They got ball at, with the goalkeeper, passed the way through us with about 14 passes. Leeds' pressing was not anywhere near as good as it normally is, in fairness. But passed the ball all the way through us, and then when they went to play it into the right-hand channel for Andre Dazelle, I'm not sure where Stuart Dallas was, but it wasn't within 20 yards of left-back. It's almost as if he's not a left-back. Yeah, it was, it was weird, because I still don't know where he was, but I know that he wasn't where he was meant to be. Uh, good finish from Dazelle, who... I do think he'll be a good player for them next year in League One. Yeah. As you said, they've they've kind of almost invested well for next season without aiming to actually do that. Yeah, it was um it was it was the sign of a team that's been under awful pressure all year and now suddenly doesn't have any. And they suddenly started passing the ball and playing quite well. Yeah, you hate to come up against these teams on football manager, don't you? When you need a result last game of the season. Like, yeah, they're already down. That's when they whip out the three now. Yeah. Or three two in this case. Yeah, uh, Leeds equalised again, again down the right. A uh, good bit of passing all the way through. Team in- involved Clark and Fajor and Hernandez. Hernandez chipped one off at top again, ailing in down the right again, which was quite a good outlet for us in this game. Good cross. Roof hit the bar with. I've only seen a one replay. I think he chested it against the bar, but he still looked like he should have scored. But it hit the bar, came down onto Dallas and I don't even think he finished it I think it as much as out hit him mm. and went in but it was again good one of the very good things that we get from playing this formation and playing this style right back crosses the ball and the left back's in the six yard box yeah I mean Dallas is Dallas seems to be a decent goal scorer when he's playing further up the pitch as well he, he was never short of a goal unfortunately he was never quite the re- he was never quite the replacement for Snodgrass but no not he wasn't that that's for sure uh no we've said the whole time Dallas is a decent player he's just he's not a fullback and it, I mean I hope he does brilliant but thinking he's a starting left back going into a playoff campaign does worry me mm. Douglas <laughs> when he was a right back yeah that went uh, really well didn't it yeah, didn't we play him there? Didn't we play him there in the final against Donny Johnny Douglas? Uh, yes, and there was also the I believe it was the next year against Millwall. He he was also at right back. Yeah. In fact, were our fullbacks for that playoff? Fa- did did we have Johnson at left back as well? Uh, I think I'm trying to remember now. I can't remember if that, I know he definitely played left back for us. I just don't know. I can't remember if he played there in that game. I've blocked out most of that game because it was my saddest, saddest experience as a fan. Uh, anyway, got back to two two. Bits. It's a bit. You know, ball bouncing around. It's not clean football. But Roof gets in behind. He's into box and Luke Chambers just fouls him. He wasn't trying to win ball. Gets sent off. You get a penalty. Bielsa said all season, Roos for penalty taker, and now he's actually on the pitch. So we can all relax, 
because Kemar Roof is a confident footballer stood over a penalty. It wasn't confident though, was it? Not very. No. Now, I know he slipped and I do feel bad for him, but the whole run-up, he didn't look confident. And I, players, I think I've noticed it a few times when you think about players who slip on penalties. It's always players who mm. don't seem confident. Yeah. Maybe with the exception of Beckham's against Turkey. Like that, the entire penalty spot moved. <laughs> yeah. But like, he just, like, I, when I watched this in the pub, before we took it, I offered odds of even money that he would score the penalty in the pub. You know, I said, Any, anyone wants it, I'm offering even money that he scores this pen. Which, I think, on average, about 70% of penalties are scored. So it's a hell of a bet, in theory. And no one mm. took it. Because no one fancied him <laughs> to score his pen. Yeah. Just for an update and a slight break from how awful the penalty was, it was uh, Fraser Richardson and Bradley Johnson, the fullbacks in that playoff final. Oh, so I'm mixing up which one was which. We did have Johnson, we didn't have Douglas. Right. With the central defensive pairing of Paul Huntington and Lubomir Mikulik. Yeah. Did we have Kilkenny on the wing? Yes, that was left midfield, Neil Kilkenny. Yeah. Right midfield, David Prott. So I've always had it in my head that we played six central midfielders that day, but I'm not giving Gary Mack... I'm not giving him enough... No, cl- no, no. It was five. Yeah, it was only five. <laughs> no, the, uh, it was an awful pen, but he was a bit unlucky, but it just... I feel like he really could have done with that goal. Yeah. He really could have done with confidence. We, that, that's what you want. You, you really need your striker to get a goal, get back on the horse a bit before these playoffs, and it was the absolute opposite of what we needed. Little did we know that that would be the second most ridiculous bit of Leeds United play that we would see in this game. And schoolboy stuff coming up here. Like, this mistake was worse than... It was worse than the Lonergan drop away at Brentford last season. Because Lonergan, at least, the ball had a tiny bit of pace on it, it wasn't bouncing, and he was moving backwards to take it. Mm. This, like, I reckon that, like, what's the youngest? What's the youngest team you coach? Uh, under tens. Right, bouncing like that. What, whoever the goalkeeper is, you'd back him to catch this, right? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, but harmless ball through bounces up because here comes the edge of his box. Luke Ayling does get a little bit in his way. Luke Ayling gets some blame for this. But like 10% tops. Casilla, if he's really worried about Ayling, should just be shoving him out of the way. It's your penalty area, just do something with it. And he somehow contrives to drop this ball and then Colin Kwane just has an easy pass into goal for 3-2 win. So, with lately, I think that the problem is with these games... You remember when we need we had four games left and ten points got us up? Yeah. We got one. Oh, we've got one. Sake. We got one because we lost to ten-man Wigan. Lost away at Brentford. All right, I can live with that. Drew with ten-man Villa and then lost to ten-man bottom of the table Ipswich. Like, if you... I, I, I am not as down in the dumps as some people are, but they've given you plenty of reason to think we've fucking no chance here. It's not the form you want going into the playoffs, is it? No. Which I'm choosing to believe is Bielsa's strategy. Sort of lulling people into a false sense of security. Yeah. 
Who's going to lull the league into a false sense of security and then all of a sudden we're going to be at his best all over again? Um, luckily, uh, well, I say luckily, it's only lucky if you think that Derby were the team you wanted to play. But I did ahead of Borough, so it's fair enough. Derby beat West Brom, so we finished third anyway. Yeah, and uh, Villa lost to Norwich as well, didn't they? Yeah, they did, but uh, Villa rested a few. Yeah, I, I kind of assumed they would. But yeah, um, Now, to get it out of the way, because I have said it before, in theory, I have always said that the top three should go up. You're right. However, you know, I watch the playoffs every year, and I actually really like the playoffs. So it's fair enough. I mean, in a 24-team league, it'd be very harsh to to only have to play for the top three places. I think I'm I, I'm not a huge fan of the playoffs, but when out of 24 teams, you know, you're essentially competing for three spots to go up. It's not. It, it leaves a lot of teams playing for absolutely nothing if you don't have the playoffs. I think. Yeah. No, I I, I agree. I think uh, I think the playoffs are the right thing. I hate playoffs to win the league. Oh, no, I I was saying we need to get rid of four teams. Yeah. <laughs> well, we might get rid of Bolton. <laughs> they've uh, they've been up in high court today, and it sounds like they are going to finally get put into administration as much as Ken Anderson would want to. Yeah, I was uh, reading their statement today. There's just knobheads in football, isn't there? Yeah, a disproportionate number of whom are chairman called Ken. And uh, both living in Monaco as well, I believe. Yeah, I just bet that they're... No, they're not mates. They secretly hate each other. I bet their wives are friends. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if Ken Anderson's mum's got her tits caught in the mangle as well. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> What a reference. Yep. Um, okay. Well, I tried it for this one because there was no really at stake and we both predicted a win. Got nowhere. So 50 games gone, you're still 12 ahead. But then, on to the main event of the evening. We're not really bothered about playoffs. I couldn't have re- I couldn't have given a shit about the Ipswich game. It's like, Leeds only made one sub in this game. And I think mm. it's because Bielsa knew the under-23s final was more important. And he didn't want to play any eight kids. He wanted to rest them for this. It, it was. It was Berardi and a bunch of kids on the bench, wasn't it, essentially? Yeah. Uh, so Berardi just looked at his side going, Who, who's all this lot? Why are they here? So coming on to the to Leeds under-23s, who are PDL national champions, uh, having beat Birmingham in pe- on penalties after a nil-nil draw after extra time. Uh, how much of this did you get to see? Is it just highlights, John? It was just highlights for me. Um, again, this was. Uh, I think. What time was the kickoff? For yeah, them? it was half twelve. It was so half four. You guys. Half four again yeah, for you. As it was bank holiday for you guys as well, wasn't it? Uh, yeah. So yeah, I did, I finally got to see highlights of this. Well, uh, first up, we'll start with the off the field stuff because it was fucking piss poor, really. Uh, mm. Piss ups and breweries come to mind. Uh, I don't know if you actually got to see the pictures, but going into this game, Leeds had sold out a couple of under-23 games already with about 3,000 in the crowd. uh, Three or four quid a ticket, uh, Tadcaster and Geisley. You know, on an evening for like a semi-final and a quarter-final. So for this one, they played it at Elland Road. It's the final. And they said tickets were free and it's a bank holiday. 
and it's half 12. It's like perfect time to take your kids. Mm. Now, apparently, from people speaking to stewards, the stewards were set up for a, round of, a crowd of around about 1,000. So less than they'd been getting when you have away to pay. from Ellenra. Yeah. When you have to pay on an evening. Yeah, and it's, you know, Tadcaster and Geisley, especially Tadcaster, it's a bit of a drive from Ellen Road. Mm. So, anyway, it just, it was ridiculous. There was queues. They only opened four turnstiles in the West End. And the queues went off and then went right and left, and both queues met outside the clean cladding at the East End. Apparently. Oh, nice. That's nice unison. So the queue, the queues just went the entire way around the ground. Uh, with like when the game kicked off, they reckoned there was about two and a half, three thousand in the ground, and seven and a half, eight thousand outside. Mm. Uh, people slowly getting in. There was loads of shots of people who had been let into the ground but were being held in the concourse and not allowed up into the seats. Uh, in fact, it was that squelched in that genuinely especially with the number of kids there, it could have been genuinely dangerous. That's how badly organised this was. Yeah. Like it, it, was a, it was disgraceful, to be honest. When was the... Do you know when the decision was made to... Like, the announcement was that tickets were, were going to be free? Uh, the one thing that I have to give Leeds that kind of messed them about, uh, I think it was the, like, the Wednesday, Birmingham announced that the game would be on the Tuesday. Because they didn't want the game on the Monday because their Player of the Year awards were on the Monday night. Okay. Which I'm sure the under-23s would have been so heavily involved in the nominations for. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, um, so it got moved around a lot. Like, they announced that. And eventually, before it even got properly announced, Hugo, it was Hugo Diaz and Kuntemanushkov, I think, were the two on Twitter. Like, Hugo Diaz was... I suppose he was taking his role as under-23's captain on board, which I'm glad to see. He was the one replying to fans saying, no, it's going to be either 12.30 or 1 o'clock on Monday. Yeah. And then it got officially announced a bit later. So they did get pissed about, and I know it's hard to get staff to work a bank holiday. Mm. But to only have four turnstiles open and plan for about 1,000, we I said on the last podcast... If you made the tickets cheap and played this at Wembley, I bet Leeds would take nearly 10,000. If you gave enough yeah. time. Well, 10,000 showed up to this. Uh, by the end, I think it was just short of 8,000 was the official attendance. Uh, Leeds did apologise on Twitter, but I was mad at them for their apology because they said, we are sorry for all the disruption. Rest assured, everyone who queued up got in. Which is a lie. Yeah. You know, there was hundreds of people on Twitter talking about how many of them have been sent away. And some of them were families of four or five. And not everyone's on Twitter. So thousands got turned away. There was a long time. There was about a 15-minute period, I believe, where, they were, where the stewards were saying, look, there's no more tickets. There's no more tickets. And some people stayed. And those people did end up getting in. Yeah. But, like, it really was terrible organisation. It's like, the f I don't think that Leeds United realised that they were Leeds United. Yeah, it's just, uh, the, th the thing is, like, if you if you have enough time to prepare for it, you could at least do on some online ticket sales or something. 
uh, like I say, even if you just put just cover the transaction fee or something like that, just so you've got an idea of, of the amount of interest, then yeah. But yeah, again, it's and I, I suppose once you once you know once you're there, it's, it'd be very hard to kind of get another twenty or thirty stewards in that you'd need to kind of open up another set of turnstiles and, and things like that. But I don't, the thing is, I don't is. think that you need that many to open up. Instead of having four turnstiles to have eight. Mm. Like, I really don't think... And it's as if they were taken by surprise by the demand. Oh, actually, you might be able to corroborate this, because I put it on Twitter. It reminded mm. me of a Leeds Reserves, the Man United Reserves game, years ago that I went to. And some daft, like, you know, 18, 19, 20,000 turned up. And I think I got in about 25 minutes late with my dad. But mm. I can't remember who I went with. Was it you? I believe so. I think, that if I remember rightly, there was me... Was it roughly the year 2000 and did we win 5-1? Uh, it would have been... Yeah, it's around then, I would say... I think it was, it might be this, it was either the Champions League season or the season after, if I remember rightly. Yeah. If I was going to say, I'd, I'd put it maybe even the 2000, between 2001, 2003. Because I was trying to remember the year, because I think Man United had Solskjaer and Sheringham up front. Uh, they definitely had Sheringham. And I, if I remember right, Chris Eagles played in that one as well. Yeah, because what I was thinking is, like, they won the Champions League in 99, and I think two years later he went back to Spurs, mm. which is why I had 2000 in my head. But if you, I was thinking it was you that came to Game Wears. Like, I, I did actually, yeah. I did tag uh, Dalton in it, hoping that he might just off the top of his head go, oh, yeah, it was this date. <laughs> yeah. Just having a look now. But, like, they shouldn't uh, be shocked by this sort of demand. Like, we knew there'd be a load there. It's happened before. Like, I mean, I wasn't there for this, obviously. It was, I was too young. But, like, didn't the 93 Youth Cup final get played at Ellen Road in front of 32,000? Yeah, because that was about the best thing that happened all season. Yeah. <laughs> That's when we nearly got relegated. Yeah. <laughs> well, we did it before. I remember we, when we again around a similar sort of time going to watch Leeds versus Man United in the under 18s and I did, again that would be around 2002-2003 where the only player I can really remember from that is Henry McStay isn't he physio now? yes he is one of the physios now and again I know we took it we, we had a large number for that with it been the youth cup as well that it, I, I think it would have been a similar sort of number to I think you know I think it would have been 8-9,000 that were there yeah, but still, it's not exactly unheard of with Leeds. Yeah, uh, it's. I was really disappointed, not just because of the way it was organised. Like it didn't affect me. I was at work. Luckily, it wasn't that busy, and I was able to watch it in my office, which I was really pleased about. But it was that giving away free tickets to this was such a nice idea, and the, mm. the club does deserve credit for that. But they deserve, you know, if it was credit, they deserve one and they get five taken away for the poor organisation. Yeah, it just, it's strange, especially once you see how well things have been going with the first team, the fact that we've been selling out every week since November. It's not surprising that there's 
a lot of interest in us while we're doing this well. No. Even with the reserves. Yeah, you hate seeing poor organisation. I'll tell you we were well organised, and that's Birmingham's under-23s. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get on to the actual football. Uh, it wasn't a great game, to be honest. Uh, it was very like the first team, actually. We were dominant in terms of possession. We had a fair few good efforts on goal. But Birmingham probably had the best chances. Uh, Miazek made f- like four really good saves across the 120 minutes and their right back popped up on the edge of the box from a corner and hit the bar with a belting effort. But mm. also, much like the first team, Leeds got the ri- very much got the rough end at penalty decisions and stuff like that. Anything from the referee. Yeah. Like Birmingham were... Basically, they looked like Birmingham's first team. Well-drilled, had some decent pace, a bit of trickery, and were a bit shit-housey. Mm. Gary Monk's been closely working with them, then. Yeah, definitely. You can tell it's rubbed off on them. Uh, in first half, Leeds got a penalty given back referee for a foul on Berardi, who it, it like went in air, he flicked it on, and the guy kind of pushed him in the back after he flicked it on. Uh, but that got overruled because the linesman had his flag up for offside. They showed a replay. It was about a yard and a half, two yards on. It wasn't even close. Uh, mm. It was one of them, you know, like, logically, and it is true, if something's a foul on halfway line, it should be a foul in the box. Yeah. This push on Berardi was one of them that 90%, 90% of the time would get given on the halfway line and wouldn't get given in the box. Yeah. Uh so it was weird to see one of them given, but then it got overturned anyway. But the worst one was late on. Uh, Matthias Bogut hit the hit the post with a free kick. Really good free kick. Uh, it fell to Jordan Stevens, who should have done a bit better, to be honest, but miscontrolled it. But, but Edmondson was behind him, and he finished quite well. Edmondson didn't have his best game, to be honest, but he should have scored here because... The sh- I think he ended up looking offside. Like, I thought at first that he might have been because he was so far clear of Birmingham's defenders they just didn't switch on at all but when they showed it back he was at least a yard on as well Mm. so Leeds were a bit unlucky with that but um, then it went to penalties uh, and we had the worst possible start Matthias Bogus missed his penalty at the post Uh, the next four went in so it was 2-2 with Birmingham just looking at those those last three penalty takers as well there's quite a few goals in there, isn't there? When you just, as, as the season has gone for two of them and how Jack Clark has played this season. Yeah, so for Leeds, it was Bogus missed, they scored. Then Pascal Stroik scored a rape penalty. <laughs> Absolutely buried it in the top corner. They scored again. Are you trying to say, Stroiker? Stroiker. Uh, Edmondson scored, makes it 2 2, and then Miazek makes a great save. Temenushkov's put puts Leeds 3-2 up. Another really good save from Miazek on the next one. And then Jack Clark steps up to win it. And the celebrations were really something you could tell it meant a lot. The same that we said with the semi-final with Temenushkov's late goal. They really cared about winning this competition and it should hopefully give them a lot of confidence and stand them in good stead. Uh, Miazek would definitely man at match. Like, no doubt about it. Four big saves during the game, good in everything that he did, and then two saves in penalty shootout. 
Uh, but I do want to give to like talk about Pascal Strike. Yeah, so I saw what you tweeted about him. Mm. He's a over the last few months, pretty much over the course of the season. We talked about the 23s not long since, and I was saying how he would have been one at once that I was looking at maybe, I would have been looking at maybe calling time on. And then at that point, I said, but he's really picked up the last five, six games. Well, it's been yeah, another... Then he's just kept that going. It's been another seven or eight games since then, and he's just picked up even more. In this game, like, it was alongside Halmer, and he looked... Way better than Halmer. Like, he was mm. really... Like, and he is only 19, I think? Yeah, I think so. He really... It seems... Whatever it was that... And I I, am willing to bet that it probably is uh, the coaching he's getting, both from Cabrera and, and even more than that, what he's getting from Bielsa, because the under-23 is basically... They basically train with the first they, they team, don't they? They train together, don't they? Yeah, it's all the... It's yeah. all the same thing, so I think it's really starting to suit him now. Uh, I've just checked his his nineteen, his twenty in August. Oh, there you go. Yeah, he has really stepped up, and obviously not this season, but I would li- hopefully this it doesn't come to this. But if Leeds are still in the championship next season, I think he'll be involved. Yeah, well, it's good to see that you know. It's kind of difficult at times to gauge the level of the under twenty threes, but for the most part, you've seen first te- first team players popping up in the team to kind of mostly just to play forty five minutes to keep them ticking over if they've not played or as a first game back from injury. But for the most part, the you know the, they've had the same core in that team of uh, Edmondson, Gotts, McCalmont, Strike Deer, you know that kind of core anyway. They've been playing most games, which has been nice to see. And they've been, you know, they've played together. They've played in a similar style to the first team, and they've been successful doing it. So at least you kind of feel that if they, if anyone needs to make the step up, they're, they're in the best possible position to do so. Yeah, you definitely feel they've got a chance. I did say on Twitter, it's not a nice thing to think about, but there'll probably be a couple of those under twenty threes where that'll be very, that might be the last thing they do in a lead shirt. Yeah. So it's a hell of a way to go out. Like, for instance, Hugo Diaz's contract is up at the end of the season. Which is quite sad when you're also the captain. Yeah, but, like, if all goes to plan and leads go up, then Hugo Diaz isn't going to be involved. I mean, he's 22 already. Yeah. You know, he's, he isn't going to be involved if leads go up. Now, if, if leads stay in this division, maybe, because he's been he's been really good this season. But... He's he's done well, and I think he's set himself up that, you know, like we're on about the likes of um oh God, his name just disappeared the lad from Grimsby who was Montenegrin oh uh, Sarkic yeah Oliver Sarkic, uh, Oriol Ray people like that who were playing out on loan at like Spanish third division teams and stuff like that. Mm. I don't think that's what will happen to Hugo Diaz. Like if That'd be interesting if he goes out, I think he probably will go back to Spain. But I'd like him not to. I'd like him to stay here and try his luck in League One or League Two. Yeah, it's tough with the under twenty threes because you but you, you really want them all, as many of them as possible playing in the football league, getting first team experience. But at the same time, you want the under twenty threes to be doing well. Yeah, and one of the things I did, one of the things I did quite like is 
of that starting line of the team that played in, in Spermium, Jack Clark could still play for our under-18s. Yeah, as could Edmondson. Mm. And the only other first-team player in there was Berardi. You yeah, know, the, it was it was as if for a big occasion we thought, well, let, let's throw a few of the first-teamers in there that probably haven't have had as much football and, and you know, give them a game. It, it, it did very much feel like an occasion for them. Yeah, but but no, they've been they've been a joy to watch this season. Yeah, they didn't bottle it. The, yeah, they did not bottle it. And in a penalty shootout, when it's the easiest time to show your bottle, I'll tell you who else didn't bottle it. Chilino's Brescia. They got promoted. Well, Maybe we were all wrong and we should have kept him. No. Ah, yeah, no, no. you're right, actually. No. <laughs> <laughs> but, it, I mean, you know, they've done well. I mean, they've got a couple of players in that team, like that Tonali who's being linked to everyone in Europe. I think he's looked into a place where they've got like six Serie A players. Yeah. Good for them. Yeah. That, that's, that's pretty much all I've got for them. Speaking of good for them... uh. Trabzonspor are taking up their option to sign Caleb Ekuban for £2 million plus add-ons. Really? Yep. So, although we didn't see much of him, I suppose you have to call this not a bad deal for Leeds. I mean, we signed him for half a million quid. He worked hard, had some good performances, some really bad performances, and we sell him for £2 million in add-ons. Yeah, that's... Fine by me. And he scored against Galatasaray. Just looking on Wikipedia now, and he only appears to have scored five in 23, which is still better than his than his record for us, which was one in 20. Yeah. two. I think it's two if we let him have the League Cup. I don't. Yeah, I think he got one in that. <laughs> so, yeah, it clearly was never going to be part of the plans coming back. He's 25 now, and I think Bielsa decided fairly quickly wasn't going to be involved, so... Well, he he only he does fit the bill on one of Bielsa's things. Like you know, he likes he likes players with good technique, and he likes players to be able to play in more than one position, and he likes players to work hard. He fits the work hard bit. I I don't I, well, I say I yeah. don't have a problem with Ekiban. It's not his fault that he's not good enough. He never gave less than hundred percent, so I don't have any problem with him. Yeah, he just. Couldn't score. Yeah, and he made us some money. It's again, it's not his fault. Okay, I was going to say that he must look back at Albania and think, man, they were good times. Yeah, it doesn't say much for the Albanian league that he was like a one in one and a half level goal yeah. scorer. I suppose we've got to get onto it. Uh, we were talking about some of the teams we wanted. Are you happy with us being against Derby? Yes, that, that I think that's that was the ideal one for me. Was getting Derby. I think I'd if, if all went perfect. I think I'd have rather had Bristol City. But only because I think they're objectively not as good as Borough. Well, no, not as shitty as Borough and not as good as Derby. Yeah. But that was a really unlikely thing to happen. I'd definitely rather had Derby than Middlesbrough. Yeah, we said before, like, we didn't, we wouldn't, oh, you know, in a playoff situation, wouldn't fancy it against Derby's shit, uh, sorry, Borough's shithousery. So, yeah, like, for me, the best thing about coming into this is this is a team we've beaten twice already this season. I think Bielsa's got a little spot in Frank Lampard's head now. And, I, I, you know, I don't think it takes a lot for this Derby team to fold. I'm not, and I know full well I'm saying this off the back of the form we're on, but I don't think there's a whole lot to them. Right. 
Well, in goal, they'll have Keller Roos, who's displaced Scott Carson as number one. Uh, I had a look through, because the, their form has been good lately, so I had a look. Uh, they've been 4-3-3 most of the time. They've sometimes switched to 4-2-3-1, but it's very similar, no matter what. It's just whether it's two... Di- it's it's only difference is two holding mids and a number 10, or a holding mid and two sort of number eight types in a click sort of role. Yeah. Uh, whichever side Mason mounts on, he'll play as the number eight. Their back four has been very settled for the last four matches. Uh, Jaden Bogle at right back, who at 18 looks very good. Uh, Richard Keogh and Fikayo Tamori. Uh, we've said all we need to say about Richard Keogh. It just makes me worried because we all know he's shite, but he's going to score a header. Uh, and then Scott Malone at left back. They've been very settled. Uh Plenty of backup in Curtis Davis, Craig Forsyth, and Andre Wisdom and Ashley Cole. <laughs> I mean, he's Ashley Cole is not anything. Storming the championship. Yeah, he's he's not done he's not done anything exactly as everyone expected. Hey, you tell that to Brighton. Yeah. Well, Brighton who they beat two one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Brighton won two one. Ashley Cole did score, but uh midfield will probably be a f- it. It will probably be a free at least in their home it, when we're at Pride Park. Uh, it'll be Mason Mount and Bradley Johnson by the looks of it because they've played the last five. Uh, but Craig Bryson and Tom Huddleston have played two each. And Dwayne Holmes played there against West Brom. Uh, I would think that it will be Craig Bryson because Tom Huddleston got destroyed, didn't he? he yeah, not that we are the fastest team, but I think he struggles with any sort of pace at this at this point not that he was ever fast yeah he um he's really struggled against us so i don't think it'll be him i think it'll be craig bryson uh they've got joe ledley as backup still but i don't think they'll do much uh on the wings it'll definitely be harry wilson and tom lawrence if they're fit obviously tom lawrence didn't get banned uh but being honest being I banned for diving being honest, one, I wouldn't, if it would have been a complete and utter nailed on dive, I wouldn't have expected him to get banned. And I don't think you can prove that that was a dive. I like to think you can by looking at it and going, that's a dive, that. He's definitely chucked himself over later, but Bartley's slide, I think, is near enough his foot that you're not going to get three separate referees to agree that that referee fucked up. He's a good, honest professional, as Kyle Bartley. He's not that sort of player. Yeah, that is true. Just ask Luke. Yeah. Sorry, Bill. <laughs> so, yeah, Lawrence and Wilson on the wings is a big one. Because, uh, I mean, Harry Wilson's their main man. He's got 15 goals this season. Then it's Waghorn on nine and Mason Mount on eight. Backups for wings are probably Mason Bennett and Florian Yosef soon. Uh, Martin Waghorn started 21 of the last 22. So he's definitely Lampard's preferred option, but he has an Achilles injury and it's not certain whether he'll play or not. Mm. Uh, the Derby press seems to expect that if he doesn't, Dave Nugent will play. Be an interesting one with Dave Nugent. Yeah, I think I'd rather go up against Nugent than Jack Marriott. Oh, yeah. Nugent's got two and Jack Marriott's got seven. They're the options to back him up. The way they were talking, I think he's maybe going to be fit for the second leg. Do you think that, Do you think they'll... I wonder if it's the case of he'll be on the bench for the first game, but it'll be more uh, keep him off unless we need him. Yeah, uh, as I say, I only read a couple of things, and they said he might be fit, we'll find out closer to the time. But they didn't sound confident. Mm. 
Uh, obviously, they've they've got a they've got a good squad. Everyone, in, I I was actually on about this in office. Uh, not first eleven, actual squad. Even though we came third, I think on paper Leeds have the weakest squad in the playoffs. I I'd say so. You you, you look at the money that Aston Villa and West Brom and Derby have all put into their team over the last few years, and there's no contest. And Derby have been putting money into that team in this division for four or five years now. Hmm. Richard Keogh's been there a while. Bradley Johnson's been there a while. Tom Huddleston's been there a while. Um, Scott Carson will have been on good money there for a while as well. You know, it's a team that's been invested in. Yeah, Wagon. I mean, they they spent nearly uh, about. If you don't include the add-ons, they spent as much on Wagon as we did on Bamford. Hmm. And that's it. Like I, I was saying, you know, I've said to someone like the, the money we spent on Bamford, and went, that's a lot. And I went, well, compared to the teams around us, not really, you know. And it's those, those aren't. That's not the sort of money we've spent consistently. Yeah, it's so weird that you say not compared to the teams around us, except for the two above us. Yeah, <laughs> Sheffield United essentially have a League One team still. In fact, they've got they did finish the season with four good Championship strikers: McGoldrick, Sharp, Medine, and the other one. What? Who's that other have one? You, oh, I can't remember. Um, have you seen Have you seen the clip of them of Chris Wilder being interviewed on the on the bus going through Sheffield and what the Sheffield United players are singing? Uh, no, but is this them singing about Leeds, which is very Tim Pot when you're a bit when you're going up? It is them singing Leeds are falling apart again. It's very um, well. I'll call it small club syndrome. I wanted to call it Napoleon complex. It's very Huddersfield. Yeah, it is. Oh, it's very Huddersfield, <laughs> which is Just, about the biggest them? insult you could give. <laughs> um, yeah, just. Enjoy your own day. Don't worry about it, guys. Yeah. I think if every if if we had everyone fully fit, I think our eleven is as good as anyone's. But I think our squad is probably the weakest. Mm. Do you want to do you want to go through uh, starting elevens then? Uh, yeah, I don't. I, I, well, I mean, it's BL, so he never changes it that much. Uh, what is this? Is this what I would do or what I think? Uh, let's go with what you think. Uh, just say if you disagree. Casilla uh, in goal. No. <laughs> Sorry. Nah. There has been a lot of call for that on Twitter. No, you wouldn't change it. And also, I, I like Bailey Peacock Farrell, but even if Casilla's out of form, it's, it is a step down. Yeah. So Casilla in goal. Ailing, Janssen, Cooper. I think it'll be Stuart Dallas. Do you think it should be Berardi? For the away game... Which I've just realised on the notes, I've got the home and away the wrong way around, for some reason. Uh, but yeah, for the away game at Pride Park, I'd play Berardi instead of Dallas. I mean, I'd have him in for both. I'd see how it went in the first one, if we needed to attack more, depending on the result. Yeah, true. Uh, but yeah, I think it'll be Dallas. Uh, Phillips holding mid. I think he will stick for sure and click. Yeah. And then Hernandez right, Harrison left, roof up front. That's... Yeah, that's probably where you go. I... If Roberts is fit, <sighs> to be honest, actually, I think if Roberts is fit, I'd bring him in. And it's a toss-up then who drops out. For me, I think Harrison would drop out and Roberts would play on left. 
because that uh, one, the one time Roberts played on the left again, when he played came on against Villa and played on left, he looked really dangerous. Yeah, but I'd also be fine with Click playing eight, Roberts at ten. But I think he'll keep that midfield free. I think he likes it. Even though it hasn't worked yet, I think he thinks it's going to work. And to be honest, that's good enough for me. Yeah, I'm still not sold on it. But yeah, you know, if worst comes to worst, Roberts is not the worst player to have coming off the bench either. No. And then Bench will probably be what? Uh, Peacock, Farrell, Berardi. Shackleton. Shackleton, Clark, Roberts. Probably... Gotts and Edmondson? Yeah, yeah, because you think it would be Gotts that would drop out if Bamford was fit. Well, either one, really, I suppose, of those two. Based off history, it'd be Edmondson that dropped out, based True, off history. Yeah. Who have we got centre-back-wise? <sighs> Berardi? Yeah, I suppose that's it. And again, that's how he'll look at it as, well, he can come on at full-back, he can come on at centre-back, and that's that'll yeah. be enough. And I honestly, like, say worst came to worst and both as fullback and as centre-back got injured, then he would, he, he could play... But well, I was going to say Phillips would drop back then, wouldn't he? Yeah, it'd be Phil, Phillips would drop in, someone would come into midfield, Farshaw would go to hold him mid. It wouldn't, as much as we might worry about that, I don't think Bielsa would. No. Or even Farshaw, he's moved him back there as well. So in his in his head, he's got enough options. I don't think Foshaw would ever move back there if he had the option of both Berardi and Phillips. Oh yeah, uh, but yeah, I, th- I think in his mind, he's uh he's got enough options defensively. Right, well, because these games are quite close together, we won't have another podcast until this is all done. So there's two games. Uh, uh, so Saturday quarter past five, Pride Park. Which I will not be watching, or maybe watching delay. Oh yeah, you're wa- you're working, aren't you? Yes, working away. Not fun. I will. Uh, it should be. It'll be on ESPN Plus. So hopefully, I can get away with watching it on my phone in between bits of work. Yeah. Uh, how's record when you don't watch? Very mixed. As uh, as I was looking this season, starting from starting from when I came back out to Portland. The first game I didn't watch was the Norwich game, which we lost. So, uh, so I think the, f- the five games I haven't watched since I came back, we've won two, lost two, drawn one. Oh, so you really can't read out in... Well, I mean, you can't read out into it anyway because it's just superstition it doesn't actually mean anything. But, oh, we can't read out into that then. Yeah, there, there, anything could happen in the next half hour. Uh, right, there's, there's no away goals in the playoffs, is there? No, it's only European competition, isn't yeah. it? The away goal. Oh, we do. So, what do you want to do? Do you want to do a home score, or away score, or do you just want to do an aggregate score? Uh, no, we'll do it. It's two separate games, so we'll do them as two separate games. All right. Um, all right. Saturday's game away from home. I'm going to say Leeds win one nil. I'm going to say one apiece. All right. I'd, yeah, I'd take that from Pride Park. Yeah. And then Ellen Road Wednesday night. Six. <laughs> oh God. Uh, I, I'm in a way. In a way, I'm glad I'm not there for these games. Why do you think it might give you an aneurysm? Ah, uh, if I had to be at that game and it was close, I'd die. I, I think. I think it would be enough to finish me off. There, there is a genuine, genuine chance it might kill my dad. 
Like, really, mate. God. Yeah. Is it, is it your dad you're going with for that one? Yeah, definitely. I've, I've, I've already got the tickets. That's what I was actually going to ask you about that, actually. I'm guessing you had to... I'm guessing, it, it, does it just get sent to you? Do you want the option to buy the tickets? Uh, as soon as you log in, it just brings up the two season tickets straight away. Yeah. And it just reactivates the season tickets for that game. Oh, that's good. Um, I'm going to say... I'm going to say we win 2-1. I'm going to say 1-1 again. Oh, God. Uh, that's my prediction, because it's only 90 minutes. For what it's worth... Uh... In fact, you know what? I tried positive, negative, nothing's worked. So I'm just going to leave it at that. <laughs> just go, yeah, that's that then. Yep. Neutral. No, I'm not telling you what I think will happen extra time and or penalties. No. I think both games will be one all. Let the chips fall where they may. Yep. If we score, there'll be chips flying everywhere. If, if, if we score, there'll be bodies flying everywhere. <laughs> this... Uh. I am, as I say, it's, it's Wednesday. The game's not till Saturday. And it's the evening kickoff. And I'm already, like, legitimately shitting myself. Not to, uh, not to place any importance on these games, but these are the two biggest games we've played since we've come back to the championship. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, uh, I, I think that this is bigger than... I, think, I actually think these semi-finals are bigger than the League One playoff final. Yeah. Because Leeds were such a big club in League One that we were always going to get up, event, you know, within a few years. Because mm. if there was a top-level League One player or a player who could sign for us or the team 20th in the championship, they were going to pick us. That's not the case now. It's not like that in the championship. This, If we don't go up... Even if we keep Bielsa, which the noises are sounding promising on, like it's such a tough league. We this is a great shot, but I mean, it, it could be twenty years. Holy cow! Just to interrupt, Ajax are winning two 0 Ajax are winning two 0 uh, There you go. If you want a perfect timestamp of when we're doing this podcast, <laughs> they have just scored their second. It's three 0 on aggregate. Get in, delict. It's not looking good. Delictum and Zayic. Well, that is perfect if they go through for me. I was on about it on the way home. Uh, I ran into friend of the podcast, Benny, on the bus. Uh, basically, I said, if I ask go through, everything is perfect for me. Because mm. you've not, like these, other than a lead shirt, the first football shirt I owned was an old Ajax shirt with Littmanen on the back. Yeah, Ajax are like my foreign team. They're my favourite foreign team, and mine. And you've been out there, haven't you? So yeah. But if the final is Liverpool Ajax, I'm perfect with that because that is either Ajax win it, which I would like to see, or James Milner wins it, and then he can come back to Leeds. Mission accomplished. Yeah. So an an Ajax Liverpool final, I'll just be out sitting enjoy that. And I will be in New York with a bunch of Scousers that weekend for the final as well. Hey, don't call her a bunch of Scousers. <laughs> I tell you what, there's, there's going to be a lot of them in New York, especially the, on that Saturday. Champions League final and the Anthony Joshua fight. Yeah, it'll be a, that'll be a good day, that. Particularly, if, I'm assuming the Champions League final will kick off at either quarter to eight or, or eight our time, so it'll be quarter midday slash midday. 
Uh, well, New York, it's on, it's only five hours, so yeah, it'd be like a three o'clock kickoff. Oh, that's about perfect when set up for a fight, isn't it? Yeah, unless unless they lose, then doesn't affect you. It's going to go down at Madison Square Garden. Doesn't affect you. It might affect nameless woman for the purposes of the podcast, but it doesn't affect you. I uh, she did ask me if if I was if I would celebrate if I ex scored, and my response would be. Would I be met by, by physical harm by you if they did? I've not had an answer to that yet. Just just laughing. Only, so. re- only reason that she hasn't answered is because she's not sure if you're into that or not yet. <laughs> totally am. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you must be a bit of a masochist because you're a League United fan. It's me and a girl. I'll take a few punches. It's fine. I'm yeah. just happy to be involved. So I was 1-1, 1-1, and you were 1-0 win, 2-1 win. Yeah, 3-1 aggregate win. Right, uh, so we will be we will be back sometime after the second leg. How soon after, I think, depends on how it goes. <laughs> if we lose really badly, then I won't be on straight away, because I want to moan. Yeah, that's true, I suppose. Uh, might need to vent. I really... I really am. I'm not massively negative and I'm not positive either. I have no idea how to feel other than nervous. Yeah, that, I think that's that's pretty much it. Like, this isn't like. There's some games, like, for instance, the Brentford game. I, I went into that thinking we're definitely going to get beat here. But then, like, when I think back to sort of a Doncaster playoff final, I was convinced we were going to win that game. Yeah. And none of it helps. I've, I wish that I cared a bit less in a way. <laughs> Yeah, it's just this emotional attachment you place in something that you have no control over. It'll be the death of us. Well, that death might be by late Wednesday. Oh, God, and next week I'm on nights. Oh, God, I've got to work with children after that, that away leg. So I'll be, like, that derby game will finish the second leg, and I will <laughs> immediately go to work. You, you and me, both. <laughs> yeah, but I'll be starting at half past 11 at night. <laughs> I've got to work with three-year-olds. For how long? 45 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> Different then, thing. Then I'm, then I'm done for the day. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, that shift is either going to be the best shift or the worst shift ever. Oh, dear. I mean, if Leeds win, I genuinely might nip to Sainsbury's on the way in and buy a couple of beers. <laughs> well, I don't blame you. I'll get warmed, but I don't think I'll get sacked. <laughs> You'll need something to take the edge off. They'll understand. I will. I'll need, to stop, I'll need to stop my hand from shaking. I'm just hoping... Well, actually, I'm really hoping that it's really comfortable and we just win. But God, I'd love a house and against Carlisle moment, but Ellen Road just Callum Phillips actually hits the target for the first time this season and curls one in. Um, there's been a few people said this, but you know company's goal for Man City overnight? Yeah. That but Janssen. Just, let's take a moment as well for, I love that, the video, just the guy walking up the stairs back to the back to the field as company hits that. Yeah, off for a piss. Yeah. Uh, he will never know. He'll never, he'll never quite know how that felt, man. No. But yeah, I think that'll do us, because I need to go... Speaking of going for piss, I need one as well. So that'll do us for episode 47 at Mighty White's podcast. I'm sure that you're all as 
pissing terrified as we are. Get in touch with us on Twitter at Mighty White's Pod. MightyWhitesPodcast.com is the main host for the website, but it's on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud. Uh, it's on just about all of the main podcast providers because they all run off the same feed. Uh, the stuff we write goes up on Through It All Together, which is at T-H-R-U, it's all L-U-F-C. God, I hope we win. Oh, God, we'd better win. <laughs> <laughs> right, I've been Jack, see ya. I've been Casey, have a good one. Right, in a bit, bye.